ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. Ah, I am so excited to be back. Oh my goddess. It's been two months since I went on maternity leave. My baby boy is two months old. I can't even believe it. There is so much I want to share with you. I can't even put it all into one episode, but I've missed you. I've missed you. I'm not even fully back to work yet. I'm just starting to coach any of you out there who are desiring coaching and my groups are starting soon. But the very first thing that I needed to do was to hop back on the podcast and connect with you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many of you have sent me messages on Instagram or my email newsletter or my email. And if you're not getting my email newsletter, you definitely want to. I've taken obviously a hiatus, but the way that you get news from me and pictures of my sweet baby boy and to find out all of the amazing programs and opportunities and even retreats that I will be doing, even with COVID, you want to make sure you're on my email newsletter list. So you just go over to purposegirl.com and sign up there for free. But thank you for all the love and support. I so appreciate you. My baby boy's birth did not go as planned. Now, any of you who are mothers or aunts or dear friends of people with children, you probably have heard that sentence before. We go into birth with a plan. And as my dear friend Stacy says, she went in to birth with a plan. The nurse looked at it and said, oh, that's nice. And then, you know, promptly shredded it up, threw it out and put it in the garbage because we can't plan for what happens. And what happened is that my baby boy almost didn't make it. The good news, the punchline is that he is two months and thriving and beautiful and his thighs are getting thighs and chunky and delicious and his cheeks are delicious. So I don't want you to worry. <laughs> But I do want to share the story with you because it's important and it's meaningful and it's personal and hopefully it can help some of you out there. Just any tragedies that you're experiencing, anything you need to overcome or with your own birth trauma, previous, current, future. Before I begin, of course, I want to read our review of the week. Oh my gosh, the first review of the week. It is coming to us from Jessica in the United States. It's a five-star review. She calls it, this is exactly what I need. She says, I just found Karen's podcast and now I'm going back to listen to all of them. And I just love all caps, her message. It makes me feel empowered and strong and I'm learning so much. Jessica, that makes me so happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, I don't read these in advance. Josh, my husband and producer sends them to me in the moment. I'm about to do a podcast. So when I read these on air, I haven't read them yet. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate hearing your words. It makes what I do so worth it. You know, I'm on a mission to empower 
millions of women around the world to love themselves and live their purpose and love their life. And so, Jessica, that just fills me up. All of you out there, if you haven't left your two-sentence review, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave your five-star review. It's how women all over the world are finding us and changing their lives. So let's go back a couple months to before baby was born. I did an episode about how I'd gotten to that point, about the challenges that I'd had leading up to his birth, about being diagnosed with vasa previa, a potentially life-threatening condition for the baby, and how we were overcoming it. And I'd shared on that episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, going back, that that condition, you cannot give birth vaginally. Because what it means is that there are some of the baby's blood vessels that are sitting outside of the umbilical cord and outside of the baby's bodies. Usually there are baby's blood vessels connecting the baby with the mother through the umbilical cord. And in this condition, a couple of them, and it happens for various reasons, are outside of that, kind of free floating, if you will. And you can imagine it's very dangerous for these blood vessels to be free floating. It's dangerous because babies don't have a lot of blood in their body. And if one of those blood vessels breaks, then the baby can bleed out in minutes and die. Now, I was diagnosed with this at 17 weeks, so I had a long time to prepare for it. And of course, when I was diagnosed, I was screaming to high hell, running around the house, yelling, fuck this, fuck that. I mean, I was so pissed. I was mad at God. I was trying to find any reason to be mad at anyone. I just thought, haven't I been through enough? I mean, any of you who have listened for a long time, you know that it took me five years to have this pregnancy, multiple miscarriages, an autoimmune issue that led me to take extra shots through my IVF process. I mean, it was not easy, right, to have this beautiful baby, and yet it's so meant to be. And so here I was, finally pregnant, 45 years old, and then I'm diagnosed with this condition that potentially could end a perfectly healthy baby's life. That's the thing, is that when you're diagnosed with this, your baby is perfectly healthy. It just might not make it through a delivery. So the doctors told me I needed to have a C-section, and that, my friends, my sisters, and that goddesses took me a long time to accept. I mean, I had wanted a natural birth. I wanted the experience of feeling my baby travel from my womb through my vagina into the world. There's all sorts of healthy microbiomes that you pass on in the vagina and vaginal birth. I mean, there are so many reasons. I've read all these stories and I took this class in college where they talked about how many doctors in the United States jumped to C-sections too soon and how bad it is for the baby. I mean, even in the doctor's office, okay, this is at my hospital in the high-risk OB's office. There is a poster saying, don't go early, don't have a C-section. Okay, this is craziness. Like, I have seen statistics about how many more C-sections are being given than are necessary and maybe are good for babies. And this is not judgment. It's my own fear of what I had heard and understood. And so I did not want a C-section. In fact, I grilled my OB in advance when I first hired her, quote unquote, right? Like when I first went to her because I had wanted a midwife and midwives were telling me that I was too old and that I would need doctor care. And so I really made sure to pick an OB who had a really good rate of not doing C-sections, just willy-nilly, of course, if she needed to, and who would work with me to do it as natural as possible and all of this. And then I get this diagnosis. But of course, baby's safety and health is the most important thing. And so 
I worked through all of my own stuff and I realized that in many ways I had been sold a bag of shit, honestly, about C-sections. Because if a woman wants one for whatever reason and it's healthy for her and healthy for the baby, then amen. There are multiple ways to give birth. There are multiple ways to live our lives. And that I was carrying around a stigma that was not healthy about C-sections. But I really had. But the word felt so clinical to me. So my coach suggested to me that I call it a cesarean birth. And I loved that. She herself had planned and wanted a home natural birth 15, 16 years ago, ended up needing to have a cesarean birth. And that was what her midwife suggested to her. Well, being the purpose girl that I am, I'm like, I'm taking this up a notch. I'm not only going to have a cesarean birth, I'm going to have a goddess cesarean. (laughs) And if you ask, what is a goddess cesarean? I would tell you, I made it up, right? So I made up, what would the ideal birth look like for me, right? Given what it is, because we can't change every situation. I can't change that I had Vesa Previa. Now, I had some people say to me, women's bodies were made for this. You'll be fine. Go ahead and have the natural birth. Your body can do it. And there was a little bit of spiritual shaming in it. Like, oh, if I was really spiritual, I was really goddessy, then I would have this vaginal birth. And it's like, well, no, because if we go thousands of years ago before there was a cesarean birth, before they could do a C-section, babies died. The truth is that this condition that I had is very rare. And has only recently been tested for. I mean, this is fairly recent in the last couple of decades. So it's not as well known. And so thank God for modern medicine because before that babies were dying from this and they weren't really sure why. So I said, I'm going to have a goddess cesarean. And I thought about what was it about having a natural birth that I really wanted? Well, I really wanted the connection and closeness with Josh. And I liked that idea that he would be my partner in it. As opposed to if I'm having a quote-unquote C-section, the doctor cuts me open and the baby comes out and there's no real connection between him and I. I like the idea that it was long, right? That a natural birth, there is a process to it. And in that process, it's not just, oh, the baby comes out, which is what I had envisioned about a C-section. It's this clinical baby comes out. It's this clinical experience of one moment you don't have a baby, the next minute you do, and it's, you know, over in minutes. But in a natural birth, there's a process. You are birthing your child through your breath, through your body. It's like you're working in concert with your child, with your baby. And there's a whole process and it's long. And I loved that. And I wanted that because this is, it's a transition, right? Like going from not having a baby to having a baby to not being a mother to being a mother. That is a transition moment. And like, give me a minute, people, you know? So I wanted a process. And... Because I had wanted a more natural kind of experience, I had heard about people having music in their birth and having different kinds of massage in their birth. And I wanted that. And I wanted the feminine, right? Like I had visions, of course, from thousands of years ago, right? That women went into a tent, you know, like if you've read the book Red Tent, but you went into a tent and other women took care of you. And so before COVID, my ideal had been that I would have had a few of my very close friends who I call my soul sisters. I would have had my birth sister if she was able to be there. She has her own baby, but if she was able to, I would have had my mother. And of course, Josh, but Josh and these women would have birthed me with the doctor, with the midwife. That was my vision. 
And so I loved this idea of community being a part, my baby coming into community, coming into sisterhood, being birthed by a village that welcomed and wanted him. And of course, in a C-section, that doesn't exist. And I wanted this feminine aspect of it, not just being about, you know, a knife that just goes into my stomach, but this feminine aspect that I'm becoming mother in a really beautiful way. And so there were a number of different aspects of natural birth or vaginal birth that I had really wanted. And listen, you've heard me say it before. Let me say it again. If you feel stuck or you don't like a situation, you either can change the situation or change how you think about it. Now, there was nothing I could do about having Vesa Previa. Okay. Call it luck of the draw. Call it I was given it so that I could talk about it on a podcast in case one of you is out there and you become pregnant and you advocate for yourself to be tested. And then therefore by me having it, I've saved another baby's life. Like I get that I've been given every experience of my life for purpose as have you, right? That is my whole gig with you guys, right? I want, I want us all to embrace with empowerment, every single thing that happens to us, even when it's difficult, I'm not saying you don't deserve your Ben and Jerry's and your screaming fest. You do. And I had lots of that when I found out about the Vesa Previa. And then at some point we own it with power, right? With courage. And so I couldn't change having Vesa Previa, but I could change how I thought about it. I couldn't change having a C-section, but I could change how I thought about it. And so I created this goddess cesarean and this is what it looked like. The night before I asked my soul sister, Stacy to host a goddess circle. It was in our backyard. Fortunately, we have a large backyard. And Stacy set up rings of flowers. And the inner ring was for me to sit in at some points or for me and Josh to go in at some points. And then there was another outer ring. So like one ring was all yellow flowers. One ring was beautiful red flowers. One red roses. One ring was, I think, a mixture of the flowers with purple iris, I believe, also. I have pictures. I should see if I can post them with the podcast. It was so beautiful. And then women who I love and are important to me came and, you know, stood six feet apart and my parents were already in town. And of course, Josh was there. And so they were all in circle and I dressed up in this white goddess gown with a ring of flowers in my hair and walked out of the house and into this circle. And each woman read a blessing for us and the baby. Stacy did a beautiful ceremony of letting the baby in my womb know that he was welcome, of anointing me as a goddess, as about to be a mother. I mean, it was incredible. It was beautiful. I cried. We all cried. It was so powerful. And I could feel my baby's spirit beginning to make his way to the world. As odd as that sounds, it's like I could feel him in that moment. And several of the women told me that they could as well. He was there. He knew it. He was being welcomed. Even if that sounds totally caca woo-woo. I felt it. And that's all that matters, right? And then the next morning, what I did was Josh and I got up super early. My goddess cesarean was scheduled at the hospital for 930 in the morning. And I knew what I wanted was about two hours beforehand to, oh, did you hear the baby crying? Josh has him right now. So that may be a new feature of the Purpose Girl podcast, FYI, because my podcasting studio is in the basement. And even though it is sound protected, we may now have some baby cries upstairs. So hopefully y'all are down for that. Anyway, so wanting that longer process and wanting the connection with Josh and some of the things I just told you about, what 
we decided to do was to go to the hospital even earlier. So they wanted us there at 7.30 in the morning and we asked to come at 5.30 in the morning so that we could have a room to ourselves. We asked to get into the room early and I brought a pink silk robe that I had worn on one of my goddess retreats. And it was one of my divine feminine retreats and each woman at the retreat, we gave her this pink silk robe. And so I was carrying their energy in and I had had a baby blessing. A couple of my friends had held a baby blessing online a couple of months beforehand. And each woman at the baby blessing, which was so beautiful, by the way, anyone who wants one, make sure that you email me about it because I can tell you what it was. It was gorgeous. That was online on Zoom. And each woman, it was like 50 women from around the US and Canada. And each one who is so special to me from different parts of my life, whether it's high school or college or after my divorce or graduate school. I mean, it was so beautiful. Or my family members, each woman read a blessing or my sister played this gorgeous song. I mean, it was incredible. And the women who ran that asked each woman to send a bead that we could make a necklace. So the night before birth, my mom had taken all the beads and strung them together and made me a necklace. So I'm in my pink robe and I'm wearing the necklace and yep, there he is crying. And Josh brought massage oil and he started massaging my feet. And I had made a soundtrack of all these different songs that were meaningful, were beautiful. And this was a soundtrack that we were going to play during our couple of hours, as well as in the birth. We wanted to bring that musical element into the birth, even though it was a quote unquote C-section and operation. Our doctor was like, absolutely. And this is another thing. Let me back up. I went over this plan, what a goddess cesarean was with my OB, and she is the coolest on earth. Shout out to Dr. Katie Dorshow at Mainline Health, okay? If you're in the Philly area, this must be your OB. She's incredible. And she was like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for a goddess birth. I'm so excited for a goddess cesarean. She was like amazing and totally went down with all of my somewhat wacky ideas. And so we got this room early and she arranged it for us and we had our necklace and I brought a crown and Josh was rubbing my feet and we read through each blessing that the women had done at the baby blessing in the night before. And it was beautiful. And then the nurses came in and started to prepare me for the birth. And while we were then waiting, another nurse came in and said, oh, there's been an emergency. You're delayed. Okay, no problem. We're comfortable here. We're happy. We're relaxed. We were feeling so much love. Josh and I had actually just written the baby a letter saying you're being born in just a few minutes or a few hours. We're so excited to meet you. I mean, we read this beautiful letter. And then our OB came in. Are you ready for this? Wearing a crown. Wearing a crown. <laughs> I love this woman so much. She borrowed her three-year-old's crown. She said, come on, me wear your crown to work today. <laughs> so great. And we talked about being bummed. And then she said, it's great because I wanted to read you a book anyway. And she brought a book called The Night You Were Born. And she said she loves reading it to her kids and on their birthdays. So she read this book to Josh and I. It was beautiful. So she left and we took a nap and it had been some time then. And then a nurse came in and said, we're really sorry. There's another emergency. So you're being bumped again. And we were like, no problem. And we were going over our goddess plan. And the plan for the goddess cesarean was that instead of being rolled into the operating room, I would walk in and my doctor would ask, are you ready to give birth to your child now? So that I was owning it and I was birthing and I could kind of spiritually, emotionally, mentally connect with my baby and not just an operation. Also that I was 
going to ask every single person present, right? The village aspect I mentioned, I was going to ask every person present to say a prayer or make a wish for the baby. Like, oh, I wish him a happy, abundant life or whatever it would be. And I had all these ideas and we were going to play the soundtrack. It was beautiful. And my doctor was so into it, right? She wore a crown. Okay. I have a picture of that too. Again, I'll have to post it on my blog. So make sure you're going over to Purpose Girl to check out all these pictures that go with it. It was so awesome. All right. So we're bumped against, so we'll just lay in bed and that's okay. And, and then I woke up about 1.30 PM, got out of bed to pee. And the next thing you know, my water broke all over the floor. And sister, it was almost all blood. Now, something that I can't remember if I put in the episode a couple of months ago and I forgot to mention earlier in the episode is that my doctor had said to me, your water cannot break. Like, that's the dangerous part, that if the baby's going to bleed out and die, it would be during your water breaking. So your water cannot break naturally. That's why you can't give birth vaginally or you have to do something very clinical in order for the doctors to break your water for you, but the water cannot break. And there I was, hours after my cesarean was supposed to be, with my water broken and blood all over the floor of the hospital room. You can imagine how scary that was. I'm going to pause the story for a moment and share with you a word from one of my favorite companies on earth. And when I get back, I'm going to continue and share what happened. So this whole story is about health, right? And we all deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why. And that's why Ritual Vitamins founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. Kat Schneider and her team of scientists at Ritual are making clinically tested a new normal. Not only have they obsessively researched each nutrient in their visionary women's multivitamin that I take personally, carefully choosing forms that are absorbable by the body. They're also tested. Science-backed isn't just a buzzword. It needs to be the standard. Ritual left out any mystery additives or filters or shady extras that are found in traditional multivitamins, and they are showing us their nutrients. You can see inside the vitamin, actually see it, and you can see what it is and why they chose it. They call it traceability. Ritual came to me to sponsor the podcast, I don't know, a year, maybe more ago, and I loved the vitamin so much that I became a paying customer. I've been taking it for well over a year. I took the regular, then the prenatal, and I love, love, love them. Ritual is vegan certified, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free. Their sources, it is incredible. You deserve to know what you are putting in your body. Trust me, daily changes can lead to big results. So start small today. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. That is huge. Try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com forward slash purpose girl to start your ritual today. Again, 10% off during your first three months of getting these vitamins at ritual.com forward slash purpose girl. You will love them. Okay, back to my birth story. So there I am, blood all over the floor, terrified. And then goddess, I became the emergency. Next thing you know, doctors are coming in, the nurses are coming in, they're wheeling me into the operating room. Now, you have to remember, they told me that if these blood vessels broke, if the baby's blood vessels broke from this condition, the baby would have 10 minutes to live. And so this was the state of mind. Now, fortunately, I had done so much preparation about having a cesarean. I had been in this meditative state of mind. Josh and I had written this letter. We had meditated. We had prayed. We He had rubbed my feet. I was feeling so goddessy and so good. 
that I went into that birth in that emergency situation calmer than I have ever been. And they rolled me in to get my anesthesia. And I said, I'd still like the music playing. And so we put on the CD. And I said, I'd still like you all to make a wish for the baby. Now, you have to understand, they're running around, right? Okay, the nurses are getting their stuff. There's people everywhere. There's already a team from the NICU in case my baby is having issues. There's already a team from the NICU, a pediatric NICU, in case baby has issues and needs help. There's nurses, there's doctors, there's the anesthesiologist, the lights. I mean, it's crazy in there. And I said, I'd still love to hear a wish for my baby if any of you have one. And the anesthesiologist was the one man in the room And Katie, my OB and I had even talked about, could she find an all women crew? Not that men can't be compassionate and loving, but maybe they wouldn't get the goddess cesarean. And would you believe he was the first one to make a wish for my baby about my baby being happy and healthy? And of course, then Katie made a beautiful wish. Another nurse said, may your baby be as patient as you are. And I'm thinking, I am not usually a patient person. I am anxious as I'll get out people, right? <laughs> like, but there was something different about that moment. I guess either because I was already in a very calm meditative state and knowing, or I was already being mother and knowing that my baby was in crisis, I needed to be calm. I needed to be steadfast for him. And that's the moment I became a mother. That's the moment. And I'm not even sure, Purpose Girls, if I realized that until this moment of recording this episode for you. But that's why I was calm. And then Josh came in and he started rubbing my hair and talking to me. And my doctor still asked me, are you ready to birth your child before she made the incision? And I said, yes. And then I pictured my baby boy and I pictured him in my womb and I pictured him coming out. And the next thing you know, I heard the cry. <laughs> and Shay Logan Rockhine Clark was born into this world. It was July 2nd, 2.20 at 2.08 p.m. Now, let me tell you why that is so important, that time Josh and I have a saying, the power of two. And when we were choosing what day to get married, I wanted it to be an auspicious day, right? Whether it was a Jewish auspicious day because we're Jewish or in anything, I just wanted it to be like a good day. And so I found that August 24th, which is our anniversary, was an auspicious day, I think, on the Chinese calendar or some calendar. And he is a mathematician, right? So he's a math guy, a math teacher and tutor. And he said, well, 824 of 2014... All those numbers are the power of two and we're two. And this is us coming together as the power of two. And so inside of his wedding ring, we inscribed the power of two. And what's beautiful about Shay being born on July 2nd, 2020 at 2.08 p.m. is that that is also the power of two. And so I know he came at the exact right moment. So there I am laying on the operating table and I hear the screaming. So I know I now have a baby boy. He is in this world. And they were supposed to put him on my chest I asked them to put him on my chest, bloody and all, not to clean him first. I wanted that skin to skin. I wanted that moment for him to be with me, for us to connect and bond and for him to maybe crawl to my breast. My doctor said, as long as we can, we will. And instead of putting him on my breast, they whisked him off to a table at the other side of the room. And I said, no, my breast. And Josh said to me, honey, they can't. He's not breathing. 
And so as they were cleaning him off and they were working on him, I couldn't see. I've seen the pictures now. There were several doctors and nurses who were taking care of my baby as I'm laying on a table with my guts, my uterus spilled out. I couldn't do anything. And Josh would go back and forth between the baby and me and try to take pictures and bring them back and tell me. And I was clueless, scared. I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't see him. Shay was having a hard time breathing. His blood oxygen levels were very low. They were keeping him on respirators and breathing machines. And the next thing you know, I see a plastic bassinet bound up like you see with really sick babies. I see them wheeling that out of my room and I screamed, no, my baby, bring me my baby. And it turned out he had to go to the NICU. They had to take care of him and I didn't get to meet him. Now, even though I had that one moment of bring me my baby and screamed it, I somehow then went back to remaining calm. And even though he was not with me, and I was scared that he was not with me, I was scared that he would wonder what happened to his mommy. Why did she abandon him? He's been with me for nine months. He's been listening to my heartbeat, and he wouldn't know where he was. I had to trust and have faith that he was being taken care of. He went up to the NICU, right, the neonatal intensive care unit, and my doctor stitched me up and rolled me out of the room, and Josh and I went back to our room, and then the NICU doctor came up to us. I mean, it was like almost immediate. It felt like she was running up to us and said, I need you to sign this. Your baby needs a blood transfusion. It turned out that Shay lost half of his blood during birth. So, of course, we signed the papers. We had no idea what was going on. And then it was sometime later that they let us go and see him. And he was beautiful. He had tubes coming out of everywhere. He had tubes in his nose. He had tubes in his mouth. He had tubes connected to his stomach. He had tubes. And he was in that plastic thing. And and he was beautiful. And they rolled me still in the hospital bed, still naked, not wearing anything, up. And the best I could do, I put my little pinky next to his hand and wrapped his fingers around my pinky and let him know mommy is here. Mommy is here. And that was how I met my sweet baby boy. Now I will tell you that those few days, the next few days were not easy. I heard from many of you sending me messages on social media or the email asking if I was okay because I posted that we were going to have the baby the next day, but I did not post anything after. And so, so many people, so much love, concern for us because I couldn't. I just felt like I couldn't post. I went back to again, just as I have whenever tragedy has happened in my life. And if you listen to this podcast, you know it's happened a lot. I was angry. Why? I was looking for who to blame. It's the hospital's fault because they bumped us twice. If we had had birth at 930 in the morning, this wouldn't have happened. Explaining myself, what did I do wrong? What could I do different? I was angry that my baby was upstairs in the NICU and I was down in a room and we were separated and other mothers on that ward got to be in the room with their baby. I was supposed to be in the room with my baby. And all those were valid feelings and Josh let me have all of them. And I went through my process and I decided I need to be the mother that my boy deserves. He chose me for a reason. 
He chose me because I'm resilient. He chose me because I'm strong. He chose me because he too is resilient and strong and a fighter and we are going to get through this and he is going to be healthy and he is going to be strong and we are all going to be awesome. So I started getting to work making breast milk for him that I would pump and taking it up to the NICU and we would go at all hours of the day and night and help feed him and be with him and talk to him and hold him. Oh my goddess. It was day two or three when they finally let me hold him and they put his naked little body on my naked chest. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Even though he had tubes in his nose, I cried. went, oh, that's how it felt the first moment I had my baby on my chest. It was beautiful. And I'm so thrilled to tell you that Shay did beautifully. He ate well. That's a whole other story. I'm going to do, the next podcast episode is going to be all the bullshit that us mothers are guilted and shamed for that I'm already learning so that we can unguilt and unshame ourselves around a million things that I'm already learning. So that's the next episode. Wait for that. But he ate well and he started breathing on his own. And six days later, we were released and he came home with us. And now he's doing so well. He's so chubby, wubby, delicious. His most beautiful sparkling eyes. He's so alert and curious looking at the world. He actually puts his hand up to his chin as he looks at the world like a thinker. He's starting to smile and laugh in response to our smiles and laughs. You all know I'm a huge dancer. So I make up songs. I have the world's worst voice, but I make up songs right now. He thinks my voice is beautiful. So there we go. Right. Thank you, Shay. My voice is beautiful. And we dance and we sing and we read books and he cries and he screams and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And then I cry and I scream and thank God for Josh because he picks up the pieces and is there for me and there for him. And I'm having my mom meltdowns and I'm already joining a postpartum group of mom support group, right? I walk my talk, ladies. I want you to join my support group. I want you to join my groups to live your purpose. So I have joined a postpartum group of all their moms for us to have the connection and sisterhood, right? Like I'm doing the things and that's going to be part of this next episode too, or like all the ways that we mom shame ourselves or other people do. And like some of the challenges and pain that comes with it. I have a whole new appreciation for all you mamas out there because I'm getting it on a whole new level. And it's not all easy and roses. Like if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, and if you don't, please do at Karen Rockhind. Yeah, I believe I have one of the cutest babies that's ever existed on earth. Although I think every mother thinks that, right? (laughs) Mine is true. No, it's always true, right? And so I post these beautiful pictures and I'm totally honest there about my issues with breastfeeding or my, or how Jay is like crying and I can't do anything and I feel helpless. So totally honest. And that's what I want to be for all of you. I want to be honest and real with you because we've got to let go of all this mother shaming guilt bullshit and rise above and know that we are exactly the mama that our baby needs and the mama that our baby chose for a reason. And so we're navigating every day. Yesterday, oh my goddess, he just cried all day, all day screaming. And we discovered he has reflux and we need to work on what we do with that. Right. So there's like a million things. I'm going to be bringing that in future episodes. But for now, I wanted to just come on quickly and share with you that baby boy Shay Logan was born, that he's doing beautifully, that I am healing. Oh, goddess, there's lots with that too, right? Healing from birth. And we're on this adventure. And he is our new purpose baby, purpose boy. 
And those Purpose Girls are going to have a good time with him and being the most empowered women, empowered mothers on earth. I cannot wait. We are such badasses. And the last thing is I want to share about his name. So his full name is Shay Logan Rockhind Clure. And Shay is after Josh's mom. So it's Jewish tradition to name a baby after a deceased relative. And Josh's mom, Sandy, may she rest in peace, passed away of early onset Alzheimer's about 18 years ago. And so we knew that we were looking for an S name. And for nine months or maybe even longer, we've been going back and forth about S names. We had an S name for a girl and we didn't have one for a boy. And I loved Shay and Josh loved something else. I'll just say it. He loved Sunny, which is such a cute name too. And so we went back and forth and we thought that, okay, well, when the baby is born that day, we'll look at him and we'll know, oh, he's a blank, right? But of course, with the baby going, with Shay going to Nikki, we didn't get the chance to look at him. And then because of COVID, we actually weren't allowed to visit the NICU at the same time. And so we didn't have the chance for us to sit and really look at our baby. And after maybe three days, and the nurses kept asking, what's his name? What's his name? I said, I know it's against the rules, but is there any way that Josh and I can just get 10 minutes just to look at our baby boy together and name him? And they were so wonderful. They found us a corner. They blocked it off. They were super respectful to all of the other patients. And they gave us that opportunity. And would you believe after 10 minutes, we still didn't have a name. We still couldn't figure it out. And we were testing them. We were saying, are you a Shay? And waiting to see what happened. Are you a Sunny? And waiting to see what happened. And then the other name we really liked was Sky. And that was the one that he seemed to like the best. But ultimately... We settled on Shay, and I said to Josh, the reason that I love Shay is I had always wanted a girl, right? I'm a purpose girl. I work with you women. I don't know anything about boys. And when we knew from IVF that we were going to have a boy, I want to be honest, right? Nobody's honest about this, but I want to be honest about everything. It was hard to accept that I was having a boy. I didn't know what to do with boys. I mean, now I'm over the moon, and of course you want the baby to be healthy, but let's get real. Like, I wanted a girl. And... The only thing that made it okay for me to have a boy was when we came up with the name Shay. My whole body relaxed and I went, oh. And we looked up what it means, what the name Shay means. And in Hebrew, the word Shai, translated S-H-A-I into English, means gift. And I thought, yeah, that he's our gift, right? After five years of infertility, he's our gift, and all that time, we were going through all these struggles and all these challenges, and I was sure we were having a girl, and then I found out that our only embryo, one embryo, was a boy. I walked out of our house one day and went down the steps to the sidewalk, and there was a little blue truck, toy truck, right in front of our house, right in front of our steps. And I knew that Shay had sent that to us to let us know that he was our baby. He was exactly the perfect baby. He was our gift. And so ultimately we settled on Shay. And then for a middle name, my grandfather, may he rest in peace, his name was Leo Rockind. And so we wanted an L and we had come up with all these L names. And our favorite L name is actually my sister's dog's name. And so that seemed weird. And Josh said, well, you know, I've always loved the name Logan. And this is at the hospital. He's never mentioned Logan to me. And I was like, I said, love it, done. And this is like day four or five 
of being in the hospital and Shay being in the NICU. And we were watching our little baby be such a fighter, such a warrior in the NICU, so strong, so courageous, fighting for his life, such a powerful, courageous warrior. That later that night after we had chosen Shay Logan, I said to Josh, God, you know, he's such a warrior. I wish we had his name warrior somehow, something that means warrior. So Josh looks up the meaning of the word Logan. And there were two meanings that came up. And one of them was the word O-Logan, which meant descendants of the warrior. Now, of course, it was Irish and we're not Irish, but who cares? (laughs) It was truly miraculous that I had said we wanted something with warrior. And there was the definition that Logan was warrior. So he's my little gift. He is such a warrior, so brave and strong. He is our purpose boy, our purpose baby. And I can already see me looking at my work with you, my work in the world, my purpose, through the lens of being his mom and through the lens of you being the aunts and grandmas and moms to your children, to these children, to the next generation. Because, sister, Purpose Girl, that is what we're doing here. We are here on a mission to bring our gifts and talents to change this world for the better, to make a difference, to help people rise up in love and kindness and compassion and intelligence and creativity. And whatever your gift is, the world needs it. And the world needs it because Shay needs it. And because all of Shay's little future friends need it. So that's really our collective purpose. Is loving our lives, living our full talents and strengths, making an impact to make the world a better place for that next generation. So I thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl Podcast. I hope you loved it. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Ladies, I am back. I cannot wait to be with you soon. The next Goddess on Purpose course is coming for you to rise up and know what your purpose is and go live it. Women love this course. Be on the lookout for that. Join my newsletter if you haven't yet. That's how you'll be the first to know as well as get kind of the early bird discount. You want to make sure you're doing that. Go on over to PurposeGirl.com. And of course, the most important thing you can do is share this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast with every woman you know who needs to heal from her own birth trauma and know that however you birth. It was beautiful. However you birthed, it was important. And there is glory in what we're doing. It didn't have to be perfect. It just has to be personal. And you get to own your strength in bringing a child into this world. You also get to own your strength with everything. And so with that, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now. Speak again soon, sister.